Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. all good evening good evening and welcome to the stephanie humphrey channel happy new year oh i should have done a song for y'all right happy new year it's 2023 i hope you can be all you can be even though that's the army slogan you can apply it to yourself if you want to (laughs) y'all i'm just excited right now happy new year welcome to the first episode of season three of the stephanie humphrey channel This is season three, y'all. This is the third year of me hosting the Stephanie Humphrey channel. Yes, I'm opening up a bottle because we're going we gonna to do some cheers. And plus, I need this bottle, uh, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But it it has been a great year so far. It's the fifth day of the year. I am thankful to be alive. I am thankful to be um, well and to have my family well and to still be employed and, and everything is going well and I cannot complain. And I'm so very thankful to God for his goodness. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his favor. I thank God for who he is to me. Hallelujah. And for how good he has been to me and my family. So y'all, I hope the army don't get mad. I just took a little slogan, but um, y'all know I love to sing. I'll come up with a song in a minute, but I am, I'm just really excited to be with you tonight. I did come on a little bit late because y'all have been watching the vote on the house floor to determine the house speaker. This is Bible study night. It really is Bible study night, but I'm going to talk about this because I that's why I'm late because I was listening to the vote on the house floor and then I was listening to some commentation after, you know, talking about um, one of the House representatives came out and he started talking about, you know, what was going on on the House floor. Then I was listening to some leaders in the um, educational and political and social realm. And so they had some insight to share. So that's what I was listening to before I got on, y'all. And I just really want to go back to it. But we're going to get into this tonight, y'all. Um, because it's Bible study night and we definitely want, I will definitely want to share the word with you. I have just a few things to share with you tonight, but y'all, I really wanted to talk about this house. I don't know if you've been watching it. This is the first night. Um, this is day three of the house voting for their, the speaker of the house. And, um, this is, I said day three, right? And so this is the 10th vote. And so right now they're into the 11th. So they're going into the 11th vote uh, because um, Kevin McCarthy has been nominated again. And as I was coming on, there was a young man from, um, I forgot where he was from, but he just, well, he was nominating Hakeem Jeffries. And I was like, I, I like it's. Um, like I'm six minutes late right now. And so I um, was listening to that. So after the show, if they are still on the House floor voting for the next Speaker of the House, 
then I will be tuned in. But I do did want to just share this with you all, just in case you haven't been watching, just, just in case you don't know. Um, again, this is day three of the House of Representatives voting for a Speaker of the House. This is the 10th vote. They just completed the 10th vote just a little bit ago, and nominations have been made for the 11th vote. I actually thought somebody was going to make a, a motion to end for the night, but they didn't. So um, someone motion, uh, made a motion for Kevin McCarthy, like I just said. As I was coming off, I know I just said, I just said this, and I'm going to say it again. Um, someone had just nominated Hakeem Jeffries. I don't know if other nominations have happened or are occurring at this time, but I wanted to give you some information um, just in case you don't know. So for the 10th vote that they just ended a little bit ago, I said I think they ended about 625 or somewhere, something, maybe... I don't know when they ended. Maybe they ended a little after six. I've been sitting here since six. So um, they ended somewhere between six and 6.15. Um, Kevin McCarthy had 200 votes. I'm saying his name wrong. Kevin McCarthy had... Let me make sure I'm saying this gentleman's name right. Yes, it's McCarthy. I forgot my H. Um, so Kevin McCarthy has... Uh, he had 200 votes. He's from California. Hakeem Jeffries, 212. So he has his Democratic um, votes. Um, Byron Donald is an up-and-coming um, congressman. This is his first uh, appointment as a congressman. He is from Florida, and he has been nominated and received seven votes. Uh, Kevin Hearn received seven. I'm sorry. Byron Donalds received 13 votes from Florida. Kevin Hearn received seven votes. He's from Oklahoma. One member actually answered present instead of voting. And then there was a zero for others. It's so interesting, you all. I'm, I promise I'm going to get the Bible study in just a minute, but I'm going to say this. Matt Gates, I can't remember where he's at. I, I just don't, you know, he's, he's, anyway, he actually voted for Donald Trump to be that Speaker of the House, which I find very interesting. And then I learned that according to House rules, you do not have to be necessarily be a member or you actually don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be the Speaker of the House, which I think is needs to change. Um, but yeah, he, um, so Matt, he's from, I just remember hearing uh, his questioning of Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, and it was really interesting. Um, it was very interesting. And so, anywho, I don't know if it was an eighth or ninth vote that he um, nominated. He's in Florida. He's in Florida as well. Anywho, y'all, the House, Rep House of Representatives are still on the floor trying to elect the Speaker. I think it's so interesting because, and I know this is a sip and say topic, but because it was just happening, I was just listening to what I wanted to share it with you instead of waiting three weeks, right? And so, or two weeks. And so what I find interesting is that the Republicans, they do control the House, more House of Representatives um, that were Republicans were elected. And so they, they do control the House. And they they actually have the votes to nominate the Speaker of the House. Like you have to have 218 in order to nominate. And the Republicans actually have, I didn't, I don't think I counted it up, but I'm about to look. They actually have the, two, the 200, 213, 220, 220, 221, 22. So they have two, 221, 222. And I'm saying 221, 222 because of others has me a little boggled down. Um, 
But I think that's a person that actually said that um, just according to me looking at the numbers that they popped up um, after the vote was made, you know, shortly after the vote was, was counted, rather. Not after the vote was made, but after the vote was counted. Um, and so I'm not quite sure what that others mean. It had zero, but it still could be representative of somebody. I, I just really don't know. Um, so they have over 220 votes to elect the Speaker of the House, which only needs 218 votes, but they will not come together. They are split between one, two, three people and the two individuals just off the rails. I think that's crazy. I just, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. I, I wish that there would be six Republicans that would come on over like cross the aisle, as they say, um, and give those, give King Jeffries the six votes that he needs. But of course, you know, I, I can't say if that's going to happen, and not only the Lord knows, but we're in the 11th round of voting for a speaker of the house. You all, I want you to understand that I promise I'm getting the Bible study. What we're going to talk about this till I'm ready to move to Bible. I want us to understand the gravity of the situation. So the Congress came back, the House of Representatives came back three days ago. They're in day three. Some of the newly elected House of Representative members, as well as family of the re-elected House of Representative members. Some of their family is there, like their spouses, their kids are there because they expected day one, House of Representative uh, Speaker of the House would be voted upon and then they could be sworn in. So their families are there to support them and to swear them in. But now we're, we're at a standstill. And so I'm just like, what do you do? Like, if my husband was nominated House, of, you know, the, um, as a House of Representatives, I have as a member of the House of Representatives, I would want to be there to support him. But maybe only took off two days of, uh, of work, and now we're in day three. So I'm just wondering, like, how the families are feeling, how are the children feeling, because they're waiting for a Speaker of the House to be nominated so that they can see their loved one, their spouse, their dad, their mom, you know, their son, their daughter. Uh, sworn in as this newly elected representative or as a re-elected representative. And it's a mess. Like, this is mess. You know what it may? I'm an educator, as most of you know. If you don't know, I'm an, I'm an educator. I've been for many years now. It, it feels like a bunch of children just tantruming. And I don't understand it. Like, can we, can y'all just come together as a party to nominate the Speaker of the House? Like, why do we have to have this tantruming? Why do we have to have this division? Why do we have to have this display of, whew, whew, I want to say what I want to say, um, this display of ignorance. I'm going to say, thank, thank you, Holy Ghost, this display of ignorance. I didn't, that's not the word I was thinking about. I won't go cuss them out, but I did have another word. This display of ignorance. So no business of the house can get done until a speaker of the house is um, nominated and approved, you know, nominated and approved. Um, or, you know, get the 218 votes approved. Like no business can get done. Like the House of Representatives, like no business, because, you know, you have to have the, the when, you, when you're passing bills, when you're trying to get the business done of Congress, of the American government, you need the House and you need the Senate. So while the U.S. Senate is moving forward, everything is going to be at a standstill because we need a Speaker of the House. So... We have a 50% functioning government right now because, well, 50, you know, between the House of Representatives and the Senators, 50, and the President and his cabinet, like their, his administration, rather, they're functioning fine. But as far as Congress is concerned, we're 50% functioning and 50% 
standstill, which is Looney Tunes. I just wanted to get all that out. Like I said, I know it's Bible study now. I do have my teaching ready, but this is lunacy, y'all. You know, there is a saying, and I, I'm, I see the man's face in my head, and I can't call his name right now, so I'm going to have to look it up. But the definition, according to this this um, well-known person, I can't think of his name, I'm going to look at it. The definition of insanity, let me even look it up. It's, it's doing, the same, doing the same thing over and over again without different results is the definition of insanity. That's my paraphrase. This is insanity. <laughs> it's insanity. So y'all, let's just pray that um, the House of Representatives get themselves together. Really, it's the Republicans. It, it just is what it is. If you listen to the votes, if you see the numbers, the Democrats are fine. They're consistently voting for their nominee, Hakeem Jeffries. It's the Republicans who are split between three different people, and then some of them aren't, like two, not voting at all. And so I, I want them to get together so that, you know, if it's a Republican speak of the House, wonderful. Let's just get them nominated and move forward. Can we take care of the business of the American people instead of this grandstanding and whatever else the Republican Party thinks that they're doing by splitting the votes and causing a standstill in our government? That's all I'm saying. Just vote for somebody. If you don't want Kevin McCarthy, then fine. Ask him to move to the side so that someone else can be, um, which he did. He did this in, pre in a previous um in a previous um, nomination cycle, he did step aside when he didn't get the votes that he needed. But um, I, I will, if they would just ask him, just step aside so that we can get the person in this position so that we can carry out the business of this house. That's what I would love for them to do. I don't know if anyone has had a conversation with him about stepping aside. I can't, you know, I don't know. But he was just nominated about 20, 25 minutes ago. He was just nominated again. So thus continues this cycle of not electing a House of Representative Speaker of the House. All right, y'all. So I got my, I got my definition. I'm going to say it correctly. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Maybe, maybe this definition is working for the Republican Party because I think they, they recognize that the results are not going to be different. And if you looked at the votes between day one, day two, day three, Kevin McCarthy's votes have actually declined. And so even between yesterday and today, they've declined. I think it was one of the votes was 206, like one of the votes in the evening, because that's when I checked it. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. Maybe I'll talk more about it and sit with, uh, at Sip and Say with Stephanie in just a few weeks, but I was watching that right before I got on, and this, I'm going to get back to it after this teaching. And um, anyway, so that's all I wanted to share about that, just in case you didn't know, y'all, let's pray. Let's just pray. Look, Lord, y'all, let's just pray. <laughs> let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Okay, I'm gonna get into this teaching. I am. I promise you, I am. I got my teacher right here in front of me. Left my glasses at work. Don't want to put on the other glasses, so I enlarged my font so that I can see. Before we move forward, like I said, we're gonna do a toast because it is a new year. We are in the third season of Sip and Say with Stephanie. I, what I got tonight? I have my alcohol-free muscadine from Dublin Winery. So I'm gonna get me a sip. Even though this is Bible study night, I'm going to keep re-emphasizing that so we'll know what we're doing with the Stephanie Humphrey channel first episode, season three. 
this is Bible study night. All right, so we're going to toast to a prosperous, engaging, thought-provoking, earth-moving year in 2023. And may we be obedient to God. May we follow God's plan this year. May we study our word more, pray more, help more people, give more. May we love more this 2023 year. All right. Cheers. Oh, that's good. I'm going to get some more. Mm. Oh, that's good. All right, y'all, let's get into the word. So you all, I just want you to know that we will continue our Bible study in the Old and the New Testament this year. I do have a few classes planned for you for February, March, and throughout the summer. So we... I'm going to make adjustments to how we're doing our Old and New Testament, but I'll let you know a little bit later, okay? Because we're going to get some teachings in. I'm going to have some guests on that are going to be sharing the word with us and sharing other, sharing information about other aspects of our life. We're trying to be spiritually whole, but mentally whole, emotionally whole, and um, physically whole. So we're going to have all those conversations as the year progresses, okay? All right, y'all. I'm going to be um, in and through the Bible. So just take notes on the scriptures so that you can go back and read them later. So I've been hearing a lot, uh, some talk, not a lot, but some talk about new me in 2023. And I was like, oh, I like that because I normally choose a theme for myself or the Lord gives me a theme. And uh, I didn't have one this year. So I was just like, what am I going to do? You're like, what's my yearly theme? Like, what's happening? And so RE, R-E came to mind. And I was like, okay. So, you know, RE, we got restore, renew. Reimagine, revitalize, regenerate, re what are my other re's? Reestablish, um, recover like all of these re's. And I was like, God, that's what we're gonna, that's why I believe we're gonna teach about. And so I believe that's what the Lord would have me to share with you on tonight. So, our theme for this night of teaching, and you can carry on in your year, is re me. In 2023. And when I say re, I'm saying R-E, re, me in 2023. And we're going to get into what this re means, like all the renews, the restores, that re, whatever re works for you, renew, restore, whatever your re is, you tap into that in 2023. Okay. So I'm going to, I have a, y'all, I have a whole list. Of, like I probably have like 20, 25 re's on this paper right in front of me or on my computer in front of me. But I'm only going to highlight a few of the reads, and then I'll give you the definition of the other ones, um, or definition, a definition of the other ones. I said that correctly. And then you can study them for yourself and see what the Lord is speaking to you about what you need to do for this 2023 school. Um, I'm about to say school year, but this 2023 year. So God, I'm going to pray, y'all, so I can get my mind together, because listen to those, this, that, those houseboats with something else. God, we thank you. God, we love you. God, we approach your throne. God, with thanksgiving in our heart. God, with praise on our lips. We welcome you into this Bible study. Lord God, to have your way. God, we settle our mind. We settle our heart. We settle our spirit and tune into you, God, so that you can speak what you want to speak to us, God. 
in the name of Jesus. God, help us to tap into the reed that we need to be the full of who you want us to be and need us to be and are calling us to be for this 2023 year. God, we love you. We welcome you into this atmosphere to have your way to move by your spirit. Let your will be done and let we tap let us tap into everything that we need on tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, y'all. I'm telling you, woo, thank you Jesus. Let me um Welcome everybody in the YouTube community. Hey to my YouTube live uh, people, family, subscribers. How are you doing? I hope you're well. Uh, welcome to my podcast listeners. Uh, welcome to season three of the podcast, season three of our live. Man, y'all, three years, three years that we've been doing this. And so we're going into our third year of doing this. So um, yeah. All right, so let's get into the word. Yeah, yeah. So our first reads, I'm going to, I couple these two together because they fit with the word that the Lord would have us to receive on tonight, okay? So renew, restore, reestablish, and then I put in parentheses, recommit. To renew means to begin. Oh, let me tell y'all what re means. R-E, which is a prefix. Attached to another word, it makes a new word. Re means anew, afresh, once more, again. And as you listen to the definitions of the other reads that we'll be talking about tonight, you will understand how powerful it is to have a re in your life. So renew means to begin again, replenish, restore, recommence. To restore means to bring back into existence, bring back to original or normal condition. And reestablish or recommit means to establish again. And establish means to found, institute, build, or bring into being on a firm foundation. Woohoo! To settle into a position or place. We know this is a brand new year and some of us need to start this year off and some of us already have started this year off by reestablishing some things in our lives. We need to renew some things in our lives. We need to restore some things in our lives. Only you know what you need to reestablish or restore in your life, but I'm going to give you a few examples. Maybe you need to reestablish your personal Bible study time and do so consistently. Maybe you need to reestablish personal prayer time and do it consistently. Maybe you need to reestablish your meditating on the word of God time and do it consistently. Your fasting time and do so consistently. Maybe you need to restore time with your spouse so that y'all can keep the marriage unified and as one. Maybe you need to, to restore, renew some time with your children, like individually spending time with each of your children so that you can maintain that parent-child uh, relationship with them. So you can know what's going on, especially if they're teenagers, check out the phone, see what's going on, make sure that they know that you love them and are there for them. Maybe you need to reestablish a collective family time where you're having family Bible study with each other, family 
prayer time with each other, family talk time. I, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, we sat at the table, we ate dinner together, and we talked. Sometimes we talked, sometimes we didn't, but that was a time to talk. We also, at mom's house, we did some talking. I grew up mainly in my grandparents' house. But dinner time, even if it happened in your house, my house, so you know, the next person's house, Family time is an opportunity for the family to discuss any concerns that they have, to share their heart, to share any struggles or trials or tests they might be going through, and to get the love and the support and the wisdom and the encouragement you need to navigate life. So y'all, if you have a spouse, if you have children, y'all, I would encourage you, if you've never had family time, like a set time for the family to come together, I encourage you to establish that immediately. If you used to have family time together, but you haven't done it in a while, I know sometimes the holidays, traveling with the holidays, it can get us off routine. If that's you and your family's off the routine a little bit, reestablish the routine. Reestablish a time to be together, whether that's dinner time, whether that's talk time, whatever the case may be, restore that time so that your family can stay closely knit together. Yeah, God had God established the family. Families are important to God. He establishes established the family to do life together, to love each other, to keep each other supported and lifted up and encouraged. So family time, y'all, is is key. And it also establishes like guidelines for your children, like boundaries for your children, time for your children to express themselves, have like an open, um, honest, convert, uh, open and honest, a uh, time to be open and honest and vulnerable. Y'all, if you, if you have some family time, it will let your kids know that you love them, that you're concerned about them, that you want to have that time for the family to just share and, um, you know, communicate with each other, share with each other, help each other, you know? And so if you can establish that time, I know if, if you and your spouse are working, or if you're in a single parent home, it might be hard, especially if you're a single parent and you're working two jobs to make sure that your family is taken care of. I know it can be definitely hard to do that, but if you can carve out, you know, start with five minutes, you know, if you can carve out that time with you and your children, just to, just like I said, just to love on each other, to hug on each other, snuggle so that you can maintain that unity. And so if your kids, you know, get in trouble or they, you know, just have a question about something or need to talk to you about something or, you know, something at school or within their relationships or friendships is bothering them. They know my mom is going to listen to me. My dad is going to listen to me. So definitely establish that time. Okay. All right. Um, let me get to some of us. I even added some of us need to, to restore family movie night, family taco night, or we had, um, we had seafood night. Like we did seafood night a lot of times on Fridays. We would have like fish and shrimp and fries, coleslaw, hush puppies. And so just that, just that family time of eating together, breaking bread at the dinner table. Um, maybe that needs to be reestablished. Maybe you need to reestablish that budget. <laughs> Y'all know some of us overspent for Christmas. Go ahead, fast up on yourself. You know you overspent at Christmas. It, 
is done, reestablish that budget so you can get back on track in 2023. Some of us who don't have a budget need to not reestablish, but just a period establish a budget so that you can get on track with your financial health, y'all. To me, financial health is just as important as our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. Sometimes when we are lacking in our finances, it can cause mental anguish anguish or emotional instability or can cause um problems in our health because we're so worried are we gonna you know get put out this uh put out this month because we didn't pay the mortgage or we didn't pay the rent you know finance financial stress is real but if i y'all if you have a budget and stick with your budget if you have a financial plan and stick with your plan y'all even i I don't care if you make $5.25 an hour. If you have a budget and stick with it, it will help you get on track to financial, uh, uh, a, um, what I want to say, a successful financial future. That's what I want to say, a successful financial future. I budgeted when I had little money. Y'all, there was a time in my life where once I, I was working as, I was still in the educational field, a field, excuse me, and I was, Y'all, literally after I paid my bills, I had enough money to get me a pack of hot dogs. Bread was like 97 cent, 96 cent at the time, a loaf of bread. Um, sometimes 88 cent if it was on sale, I can find some. Um, a pack of hot dogs, some, some light bread, what we call light bread growing up. Um, some Roman noodles, like a couple of Roman noodles. They used to be like 10 cent, 12 cent. Sometimes I would get the little pack of six. And what else would I get? And maybe some, I didn't do a lot of, sometimes I would do chips, but I remember my Roman noodles, my hot dogs, and my bread. I would get some bread. It seems like maybe I would try to get some little snacks and things, but that sustained me. And y'all know hot dogs are not healthy. I didn't know at the time I was younger, thinner, a little more healthier than, you know, it was okay. Um, well, not necessarily okay, but it was okay at the time. But that's all I had left, you know, to feed myself once I paid the bills. That's how little my money was. And so now that the Lord has blessed me, you know, with better, you know, with, with more substantial income, I'll say, I'm able to, I still budget. Now, I ain't playing no games, y'all. I'm still budgeting. I still, I shop at the thrift stores then because I had like I did not, you know, have the resources to go buy new clothes and shoes. So, so when I needed them, I was at the Goodwill, I was at the Salvation Army, and the thrift store I could find that's where I was. I did it then because I had to. Y'all, I still thrift shop. I do it now because I want to. Y'all heard me say that. I do it now because I want child. Give me a thrift store, a Salvation Army, a res the rescue mission we have uh, in one of the neighboring cities. Um, well, I said a Goodwill Salvation Army. There is back home. There is a Catholic um, thrift store. I found some good stuff in there, y'all. I shop at thrift stores now because I want to. Y'all, you can find some like ants, like some good finds, some good bargains at the thrift store. So even if you like to shop new at Nordstrom's or Bell, which I still shop there, Saks Fifth Avenue, you know where where the. the even if you shop there, y'all check out a thrift. Um, and so the the is it the Salvation Army in my neighborhood? On Saturdays they do a ninety nine cent um tag sale. So the color of the tag is ninety nine. Y'all, I have found some nice coats for ninety nine cent. I found some nice like party dresses, like banquet party dresses. I guess you can 
I mean, you, it, a little bit dressier than the club, but you could, you know, whatever, whatever. But like party, like something I would wear as as a conservative dresser, I, 99 cent. Like I, I love thrift shopping, y'all. I love, so anyway, I didn't mean to, I stayed there too long, but it's just like, ooh, I could just swoop. That just makes me swoon. And so I budget now still, but I thrift shop because I like to because I want to, but I still maintain a budget. Matter of fact, my budget book is right here on my table because I paid my bills this week. And y'all, I write it down. Like I write line item by line item. So maybe some of us need to reestablish our budgeting routine. Some of us need to just establish a period, our budgeting routine. Um, I don't know, y'all. I just feel like we need to get our finances in order, you know? Yeah. I don't know who that's for, or who, you know, but I feel like we really need to get our finances in order. Like I said, even if you have a little bit of money or big money, budgeting is so helpful. When I had a little bit of money, it was so helpful for me to have written down how much money I made, where all my money was going and what I had left so I could get some groceries. Um, I love to go to the movies. So I would go to the dollar movies, which was, you know, I don't know if there's any dollar movies now, but I used to go to the dollar movie, which was one by my house. I could actually walk to it um, and did and have, you know, walked to it because, you know, um, it's a dollar movie. And so, y'all, just get your finances in order. If you don't know how to do that, ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God to give you strategies. And get a financial planner. Like, if you need some help, you know, talk to a financial um, expert so that they can help you get your finances in order. I'm going to give you one. Jani Thornton, J-I-N-I Thornton. I listen to her financial tips on the Willie Moore Jr. Show on Mondays. Uh, reach out. You can find her on social media. And I think her website is J-I-N-I Thornton.com, if I'm not mistaken. She didn't tell me to, you know, I'm just throwing it out there because she has helped me. And so she may be able to help you. She also has a site for women to get your finances in order. So you can check out that information on her website. Um, hopefully she won't mind me giving her a shout out because like I said, her financial tips have helped me get my finances in order. And so she might be a good person for you to reach out to or just reach out to somebody in your community. Okay. All right, y'all. I didn't plan to stay there that long, but God knows what we need. So Maybe you need to reestablish, I'm going to put both hands up because I need this one. Maybe you need to reestablish your exercising routine, y'all. I used to exercise for the most part consistently. I would miss a day or two, but I was exercising. I was documenting my times. I was exercising. Like, I was keeping it going, y'all. Then I fell off, y'all. And it has been months. I'm just fessed up on myself. It has been months since I have exercised. So I know I need to reestablish my exercise routine so that I can get healthier, y'all. I... My doctor's on me. I tell y'all that my doctor's on me. I have got to get help. And I'm going to just say this. My doctor has prescribed me some medicine. I got the the prescription bill. I ain't taking the medicine yet. Y'all pray for me. Pray. Y'all pray for me here. But I really need to get some of this weight off my body so that I can be healthier. So I have reached out to a, um, not a financial expert, but to a fitness expert to help me get in shape and to get healthier, get some of this weight off. And so I will be starting that next week um, on a consistent basis. I'll be starting that next week. And I'm really excited because I have to do this for me. It's like only one me and I have to take care of me as much as I absolutely can. So maybe some of us need to reestablish that exercising routine. Maybe some of us need to restore our self-care routine. So how do you take care of you?
I used to take tub baths. Tub baths, y'all, was my thing. I don't my I have a walk-in shower now, so there's no tub baths for me. I was I, I was a little disheartened about that, but tub baths was my self-care. I would use the skin so soft bath skin, yeah, skin so soft bath oils. I would use other oils, a bubble bath sometimes. Man, y'all, that was my self-care routine. Getting massages was also part of my self-care routine. I haven't gotten a massage since the pandemic has has lessened up some. I have not gone back to my massage therapist yet. This is my schedule, her schedule. We just, you know, it is what it is. I don't even know if I'll go back or what will happen. I haven't quite figured that out yet. But now my self-care is relaxing, just sitting down on my recliner and doing nothing. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go outside. Usually when it's springtime, I like to walk in my yard and look at my flowers and just reminisce and reflect and plan. Um, now that it's cold, of course, I haven't been outside as much. And so right now with the cold weather, my self-care plan, it involves me sitting on my recliner and relaxing, I have some new skincare from um, Flawless Natural Soaps, and so that's like been because I've actually pulled out my my um, facial. I'll have to show it to y'all. Sip and say with Stephanie, but I have a facial brush that I use to wash my face, and I man, that feels so good. And so that has become a part of my self care routine, um, and just. Uh, eating healthier, y'all. Eating health, like right now, I got some vegetables in my refrigerator. That I need to chop up and cook. I cooked some vegetables this weekend. Now it's time, you know, time for me to get some more. So that's part of my self care routine. I know cooking, like cooking, that's where it is. But when I cook, I pray, I reflect. I, I'm just communicating with God. I'm just enjoying myself. I've grown to really enjoy cooking and using it as a healing time, as a therapy time, as a um you know, just a relaxation time. So that's what it does for me. So if you want to drop in your self-care routine um, in the, hey, Aunt Wanda, how you doing? Hey, Aunt Wanda. If you want to drop in your self-care routine in the chat, or you can add it to the comment section later, y'all. How y'all take care of y'all self? Oh, I got another one, y'all. Maintaining boundaries. Okay, I'm going to get to it later. I do have a whole little section, like a small section on boundaries. But maintaining boundaries is a part of my self-care routine. Like, I have established clear boundaries. Matter of fact, y'all, I have told y'all this, that my coworkers, be talk they, they be talking about me. <laughs> and how I have set boundaries and how I stick with those boundaries. And it's so interesting because I was in, some of my colleagues have moved into an, an office across the hall from us. And so four of them have moved over there and it's, you know, we're, we're less than five in the, in my current space. And so I was going in there to get something from them. And, you know, I always knock on the door, say, keep the door closed. So we were sent by not on the door. And I walked in, they started laughing. It was like, we was just talking about you. <laughs> Well, people talk about me all the time, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they started laughing. They was like, well, this was good. I was like, you know, either way, you know, I don't mind, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. So they were talking about how I'm just so much me, how when I set boundaries, I make them clear and I give them to everybody. So I don't have respective persons with it. I set the boundaries clear and you just either have to get in line or, you know, Stephanie, Stephanie ain't going to deal with you right now in this particular situation. And we had a meeting, you know, that, that morning, this was yesterday. So yesterday morning. And so a lot of times at this meeting, I don't, you know, talk because a lot of it, you know, doesn't pertain to my job specifically, but when it does pertain to my job, 
oh, oh, I have, you know, I, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to say a few things um, to just to maintain order and the guidelines that have been established for me to accomplish my job. And so they were saying, they were just talking about that. It made me feel good, you know, because you know, even if it was something not good, they of course probably wouldn't have said anything, but I appreciate that people see me for who I am. And as they see me for who I am, they appreciate who I am. And so even one of the young ladies said, even Stephanie, even when you give me boundaries, you know, I may not necessarily, you know, I may like them, may not like them, don't really matter. I'm going to still love you anyway, because this is who you are. And we've come to know this about you, respect this about you and love this about you. And so it made me feel really good to get those words of encouragement, you know, from my coworkers. And um, so, yeah, it was good. So again, getting toxic people out of my life, setting boundaries and then getting toxic people out of my life has been a part of my self-care routine. That's where I was going with that. All right, let me get back to some reads. So that was our reestablish our restore and our renew. So whatever it is you all, whatever area in your life, settle back into position with our first love, Jesus Christ. Restore your family time. Restore time with your friends because as much as we love our family, you all, we need some time away from our family to be with our girlfriends, to be with our sister friends, to be with our guy friends. Um, and so, you know, set those times to be with your friends as well as your family. Um, and then spending times, of course, with other loved ones, like your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, having that coffee time with them or going to do shopping together. The day after Christmas, my aunt called me. We were supposed to go out on Tuesday. My aunt called me Monday morning. It's like, I'm already out. Like, where you at? <laughs> what you doing? And so I was like, well, let me get up and get ready. I, you know, got cleaned up. Got my clothes on, met her, and we did some shopping. We had lunch together, and it was really nice. So, you know, it's good to spend time with your immediate family, but you know what we might consider our extended family, those who don't live in our household. So it felt good to have that time with her, and we sat and we talked and we shopped and just, you know, enjoyed ourselves. So it was really good. So, um, and those times, too, with our family and our friends can be so therapeutic and so encouraging and build us up and inspire us, you know. So make sure that you're carving out that time, okay? As you restore, as you renew, and as you reestablish, okay? Um, making sure that you have a self-care routine, you all. Make sure that you are taking care of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, okay? Um, yeah. I want to give you a few scriptures on restore. Psalm 51 and 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Jeremiah 30, 17, for I will restore health to you unto thee and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast saying, this is Zion whom no man seeketh after. There's some other good scriptures around that. So y'all go back and read Jeremiah 30 in its entirety. My favorite, Joel 2, 25 and 26. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. 
And my people shall never, 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 ever, ever be ashamed. The Bible don't say that many nevers. I was just adding that in for a little style. But the Bible says that we shall never be ashamed. Last one is Psalm 23 and 3. Y'all know this. He restores my soul. Y'all, I'm convinced that Psalm 23 is a part of our self-care, the Lord, self-care, not clear, but care. Get my enunciation correctly. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. That's some self-care, y'all. He leadeth me beside still water, still meaning peaceful waters. Come on, self-care. He oh, let me get my let me get let me go back to my scripture. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me through paths of righteousness for his namesake. And then of course, yeah, don't go through the them first three verses, y'all, that's some self-care right there. Jesus knew how important it was, was to have some self-care. Self-care, so he gave that to David, Psalm 23, so, so that we'll know that we need to take care of ourselves. And, of course, the Lord takes care of us, too. All right, so y'all go back and read those scriptures in your leisure. All right, so read, our next read for me in 2023 is to rebuild. Rebuild means to repair, replace. Restrengthen, reshape, reorganize, reinforce. All those re's go into rebuild. Y'all, I was thinking about this today. So I went home for the holidays, um, for the Christmas holiday or the Christmas holiday. I had such a good time spending time with my family. It was a time of encouragement. It was a time of inspiration. It was a time of laughing. It was a time of jokes. You know, it was just a good time. You know, I spent time with my granddaddy, just me and him. I spent time with my baby brother, just me and him. I spent some time at my mom's house and there were some other family and friends over. I spent time with my aunt, just me and her. And it was just, I just, I always have a good time when I go home. I love my family. I love the peace and the love and the joy that my family brings. Oh, I spent some time with my cousin. The next older, she older, she older than me. The next older than me spent some time with her as well. We just sitting there chatting. And so um, it was good, you all. I enjoyed myself while I was home. But I recognize that some, um, some individuals don't have a pleasant family time. Like when their family gets together, it could be bickering, it could be arguments, there could be sources of contention amongst the family. Um, you know, you might feel bullied by your family, you know, it may affect your self-esteem or your self-confidence. And so in this rebuild, since this new year, of course, comes after the holidays, some of us might need to rebuild our confidence. Some of us might need to rebuild our self-esteem. Sometimes family can be lovely. And like I said, sometimes it, 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 it can be difficult for us to be around family or, you know, certain family members. So you all, if you need to rebuild yourself, it's okay. <laughs> it, it's okay. Even if you did have a good... Even if you did have a good time with your family, it could have been one family member or one family friend that came over that may have rubbed you the wrong way, or maybe there's some tension there and it left you feeling empty, it left you feeling broken, it left you feeling low. 
But y'all, Psalm 139 and 14 is still true. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, look y'all, God still has your back. He is still with you. Deuteronomy 31, 8, and the Lord, he is, he it is, I say I need my glasses. <laughs> I need my glasses, I left them at work, y'all. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Whatever needs repaired or replaced in your life right now, y'all, God's grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. It is sufficient. So whatever you need to rebuild in your life right now, whether it's your self-esteem, whether it's your confidence, whether it's your finances, whether it's your family, because maybe there's a breach because of infidelity or another um, breach in the um, the the wedding um, the wedding covenant. You know, maybe it wasn't a um, an infidelity. Maybe a spouse spent more money than they should have, and it's causing some tension in the family because now you're not able to fully pay your bills. So, whatever the source of strife or contention is, God can reestablish peace. God can reestablish joy. God can reestablish unity. He can rebuild or repair that situation or that relationship so that you are made new, that individual or individuals are made new, and then you can move forward together. All right. So what do you need to re what needs does your heart need to be rebuilt or repaired? Does your mindset need to be rebuilt or repaired? Do you need to kind of reorganize some things in your life so that you can get back on track and be the full of who God has called you to be and do what he's called you to do? Whatever the case may be, reveal what needs to be revealed. I love the story of Nehemiah. I actually thought about Nehemiah. If you have not read the book of Nehemiah, get into the book of Nehemiah. It is so good. So Nehemiah, God calls Nehemiah to go rebuild the temple. I love the fact that they were rebuilding the temple with one hand and they had weapons in the other because they did have some enemies coming to the site of their rebuilding and bothering them. So they was working, but they was had the swords out ready to slice the enemy when he came. Sometimes in the rebuilding phases, sometimes you got some enemies that's coming. You got the enemy of fear that's coming. You have the enemy of lack that's coming. You have the enemy of insecurity that's coming. You have the enemy of that nice looking man that's coming only to take from you and not support you or give to you. You have the um, enemy of that woman coming only to take from you and not to support you or give to you. There are enemies that come because not everybody wants to see you do well. Not everybody wants you to be successful. And so even as you're rebuilding, you got the nails, you got the hammer out, you got the screwdriver out, you got the uh, saw out. As you're rebuilding, you might need to combat some enemies as well. You might have to have that armor on. So when the enemy comes, you can discern him and dismiss him. Also with the rebuilding, y'all, this is where I want to get into boundaries, you all. So there, I don't know if you all um, know about the boundaries series, but there is a boundary series, like boundaries in marriage, boundaries in relationships, boundaries with your children, like it's a whole thing. The authors of these boundaries books is what, or boundaries series is what I'm calling them, um, is Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Both of them are licensed um, um, counselors, psychologists, excuse me, but they're also men of God. 
So their books are based on the word of God. I have read their boundaries in relationships and y'all, it is so good. Like, oh my gosh, if you're dating, it tells you how to, I'm going to say successfully date God's way. It teaches you, gives you insight, gives you wisdom. It's about setting boundaries with the individuals that you are communicating with, that you're dating, that you're establishing relationships with. Like, y'all, it's really good. And so sometimes you all, let me give you the definition of boundaries. My computer is not acting the way I want it to tonight. All right. So boundaries, my definition of boundaries is are my definition of boundaries is limits or guidelines we place in our lives or establish with other people to maintain our health and well-being if you have a friend or a family member who comes to you once every three weeks once every month once every two months to ask for money you might need to set some boundaries with that individual and one of the questions I would start off asking them is, are you budgeting? Or maybe I'll say questions with an S. Are you budgeting? What are you doing with your money? How you, like, what, 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 are you working? Are you going to work so that your paycheck can, can equal out what it needs to equal out every two weeks or every month? Like, what's going on with that you have to come to me every couple of weeks or every other month asking for money? What is happening? You might have to set boundaries with that individual. If you have a family friend who is what I'm going to call nice, nasty, <laughs> condescending. Like whenever you're having conversations with this individual or your family or friends are in a group and this person is nice, nice, but they say things that might seem okay, but they're really condescending. They're really negative. They're really putting you down. You might need to set some boundaries and some rules with that individual. You might need to limit the conversations that you have with them, limit the interaction that you have with them, talk to them and be like, look, I don't appreciate you putting me down and thinking that you're doing it in a nice way or thinking that I'm not um, discerning what's going on here. You might have to have a conversation with that person. And if they don't change, either, like I said, limit the time or cut them off if that's best for your health, your health and well-being. You know what's best for your health health and well-being better than I do. Um, and so, yeah, you might just have to cut some people off, family, friends. You may have to limit interactions with your coworkers. If your coworkers are having unfavorable conversations, uh, gossiping about other people, you might have to set a boundary for yourself that I'm only going to interact with these coworkers when it's time for us to work on a project together or help these children out or do biz the business of the company that we're working with. And that's it. So set boundaries, set those very clear guidelines that individuals need to follow so that you can maintain your peace of mind, your emotional health, your physical health, okay? What other boundaries do you all, have you all had to set boundaries with people in your life? And if you have, how did you do it? How did it work? Share some testimonies with us in the chat or in the comments below. I have had to set some boundaries with some individuals and it has worked out. I have set boundaries for people who just met me. <laughs> like you, you all know, you know, in, when you go, so when I go visit a church, you know how people want to hug you and touch and, and, and 
I don't like people touching me or hugging me that I don't know. I wasn't always this way. Like, you know, at church, I would just hug on everybody. But now that I've gotten a little old, I don't know if the pandemic, there were some influences from the pandemic. I don't know. But since I've gotten a little bit, these last couple of years, I don't want anybody touching me. Don't lay, don't lay your hands on me because I'm going to move your hand. Matter of fact, I'm not going to get close, close enough to you for you to put your hands on me. And when I say laying hands, I mean like, altar call prayer and folks be laying hands. Like I'm very sensitive to who touches me more so now than I've ever been in my life. And so y'all heard me tell this story that I went to one of my coworkers, her father passed away um, in the summer and I went to her funeral and I'm there. I don't know nobody there but her. <laughs> I know her, like her husband, I've never met her husband or her kids, but she talked, you know, she talks about them, about her siblings and everything. So I just knew them from her talking about them and just sharing stories about them. You know, we talk about our family and stuff, but I didn't know anybody. So there was a couple that was coming in. I was sitting on the end, kind of near the back and there was a couple that asked, they wanted to get in. And so I stepped, you know, I stood up to walk away and then I felt somebody like doing this on my back and I I kind of backed away and I said something to them. Lo and behold, it was one of my coworkers, y'all. I didn't know because she said she wasn't coming, but she ended up coming. And so I just thought it was some random person. Like, don't, don't put your hands on me. I don't know who you are. And so when I said that, she, you know, we talked about it later, like me setting that boundary. Like, I just don't touch me. <laughs> if I don't know you, don't touch me. I'm not going to swing on you. I don't think I am, but. If you put your hand, you know, and even if it's a friend, because I was a, because it was a really, it was, she was very soft and gentle, but I'm like, you know, I didn't know anybody. So anyway, set boundaries, whatever boundaries you need to set for your health and wellness, do what you got to do. Like I said, you might have to set boundaries with your family as well. And just speak, you know, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. So if you do have to talk to a family member about boundaries or a friend, just, just go to them in a spirit of love. And prayerfully, they'll receive you. And if they don't receive you, then it's okay. Right? So shake the dust. Jesus told his disciples, when you go into the cities, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet. Keep it pushing. If they don't receive you, move forward. Forgiveness keeps popping in my head. I didn't write down forgiveness, but forgiveness keeps popping in my in my head. So I'm going to talk about forgiveness just a little bit. Some of us may need to rebuild, repair some relationships that have been severed. Maybe it's a family member or friend we haven't talked to in a couple of months or a couple of years. But maybe God wants that relationship to be restored and rebuilt. Go to that individual. You know, seek seek forgiveness from them. Forgive yourself, forgive them. Whatever needs to take place, let forgiveness, let forgiveness reign. Let love reign and let forgiveness reign. If that person hurts you, you might be thinking, I need them to come to me. Like they need to come to me. They, uh, they need to apologize to me because their words and or their actions, they cause this breach. That person may not come to you. So you might have to gird yourself up and actually go to that person and say, look, you hurt me. We haven't talked in five months, five years, 10 years, 25 years. And I miss you. I want our relationship to be restored. Can we work this out? That person may have been so embarrassed or ashamed and fearful to come talk to you, but you going to them 
opens up a way or opens up the door for you all to be reestablished, for that relationship to be rebuilt. So if there's someone that you need to forgive, y'all, please forgive them. Let 2023 be a part or let 2023 be a, a, a year of forgiveness for you, where you are forgiving everybody that you need to forgive so that your heart is free, so that your mind is free, so that you can walk forth in liberty. Um, because when we forgive others, God forgives us, right? And God works through us. He uses us. He talks to us. He flows freely through us when we have a forgiving heart. God can't work through, he cannot work through an unforgiving heart. But when we forgive others, God can freely flow through us, y'all. And I don't know about you, but unforgiveness is too hard of a burden to carry. Like when you are, when you don't forgive people, you're usually angry. You are, um, whatever, you're angry with them, you don't want to see them, you don't want to talk to them, and you're holding that tension, the stress of that anger in your body. But when you release, y'all, I don't, when you release forgiveness, it is such a weight that is lifted off of your mind, your heart, your body. You'll be like, well, I need to forgive everybody. You know, if, it, if it's that freeing, if it's that light, you know, that lightness, that I'm, I need to forgive everybody. So y'all, let's let's forgive who we need to forgive in 2023, okay? And rebuild the relationships that can be rebuilt. If you go to that person and you say, I miss you, or I want to restore this relationship, can we forgive each other and move on? If they say no, you've done your part. You forgive them, shake the dust, and move forward in your life and be happy. <laughs> and be happy. Okay, let me get on. They're about eight o'clock and I got a couple more reads to share with you all. Recover. Recover, I added revitalize and recoup with recover. So recover means to regain strength, composure, balance, loss, damage, etc. Y'all, this is my, one of my favorite, I say all of these are my favorite, this is my, one of my favorite scriptures. First Samuel chapter 30 starting with verse eight. Yes, and then I'm gonna go down to verse 18 and 19. So at, so let me let me set this up for you. David and his army at this time had just finished um, fighting at Ziglag. I'm going by my memory because I didn't write this down. Um, but um, um, they just finished fighting at Ziglag and the Amalekites knew uh, David and his army, the Means, was fighting in Ziglag, the women and the children, and of course all their belongings, their you know everything was at was at the camp. I can't remember which camp they were at, but the Amalekites come and they plunder David's uh, family, his, the family of his army. They take his wife, they take the kids, they take the things like their possessions. Up, they take everything back to the Amalekites. Take them back to their camp. So when David and his men, this is like a short version of the hip hop version, I guess. So when David and his men come back and they see that their land, like where they were uh, established at that time, that it was plundered, their wives are gone, their children are gone. Y'all, they turned to David. They was, about, they was about to take David up out of here. Let me tell you, y'all read it for yourself in case I missed something, but they were about to take David out of here. So in chapter 
30 of 1 Samuel, verse 8, this is what David asked of the Lord. And David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, he meaning the Lord answered him, pursue or thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I don't care what the devil has stole from you. Go to his camp with your weaponry on and take back everything that the devil stole. If he stole your peace of mind, go get it back. If he stole your joy, go get it back. If he stole your spouse, go get him back or him back. If he stole your children out in the streets with drugs, go get him back. If he, if he stole your security, go get your security back. If he stole your self-esteem, go get your self-esteem back. If he took some money, well, that might be different because you got the financial plan in but Go get whatever the enemy has stole. Y'all go get it back. 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 Be like David. God, can I go? Am I going to overtake them? God says, yes, you shall recover. All y'all, let me remind y'all in case y'all forgot. When we fight the enemy, y'all, it's a fixed fight. The enemy, when Jesus died on the cross and he was, his body was laying in that tomb. But Jesus went down to hell, took the keys to hell and death. And when he got up on the third day with all power in his hands, he secured our victory, y'all. We win. We win. We win every single time. I don't care what fight the enemy brings to you. You are going to win every single time. It is a fixed fight. Your big brother Jesus is fighting on your behalf. Oh my God. Your big brother Jesus is fighting on your behalf. I promise you, y'all. You will win. Y'all know the story. Not the story, but the Disney's, the animated, I don't care nothing about that live action that miss, yeah, miss that they did. But the, the, the cartoon, The Lion King, with James Earl Jones and um, oh, the young lady from, um, oh, I can't think of nobody else right now. But I know some James Earl Jones and um, mm, my Benson guy. Mm, I can't think of nobody. Robert Gilliam, y'all, y'all know uh, Marge Sinclair. Thank you, Lord. Um, and I can't think of nobody else right now. But the like the Lion King, when Simba and Nala go to um, <laughs> they go to the um to the grave graveyard of the what was it, y'all? I have not watched Lion King in so long. But they went to this grave graveyard of some animals or whatever. The bones and the, the you know the skeletons were there. So the uh, one, there were three hyenas. Whoopi Goldberg played one, and it was Shanzai, Banzi, and somebody else. So the hyenas come because Nala and Simba are babies at this time, right? And so Simba, you know, Nala's behind him. He trying to baby Simba, trying to be King Simba, you know, King Mufasa. And so he roars at, oh y'all, oh my God, he roars at the hyenas. Oh my God. And the hyenas said, Whoopi Goldberg's character, is that all you got? The next, oh my, oh Lord, I can run right now. The next time, I think it may have been three times, the second time, the third time, 
Simba opened his mouth, y'all. His daddy, Mufasa. Oh, my God. Ooh, glory. His daddy, Mufasa, was standing right there and started roaring at those dog-owned hyenas. So those hyenas, oh, glory. They heard Mufasa's roar. And they begged them, hallelujah. You might think you're weak, but God's grace is sufficient. And when you go to the enemy's camp, you're not going by yourself. God, the Father is with you. Hallelujah. Jesus is with you. Hallelujah. And they are fighting on your behalf. Hallelujah. You might open your mouth and think it's your voice, but it's going to be the voice of God. Hallelujah. Commanded the enemy to back up. Hallelujah. You win y'all i'm telling you it's a fixed fight and you're gonna win every single time it does not matter what the enemy tries to do to you you will win y'all got to go back y'all go back and look for that part y'all the lion come on and hear somebody your daddy is fighting on your behalf the battle is not yours y'all is god oh glory mm. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. So whatever you need to recover in 2023, go get your stuff back. Don't let the weapons that the enemy uses against you, don't let them make you afraid. <laughs> Don't let fear overtake you. Don't let the enemy plant seeds of fear in your life because fear handicaps, fear paralyzes. So don't let fear overtake you. Don't let the enemy make you scared with his witches and his imps and his demons. Don't let them scare you. Be bold in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Hallelujah. Put your armor on, your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, your shoes of peace. You got the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, the belt of truth. Get your armor on and go in, in the enemy's camp and take everything that he stole from you. Reclaim it, recoup it, recover. Recover all. I told y'all I was going to get to verse 18 and 19, and I'm about to do that now. And David recovered all. The Bible said, the Bible didn't say he, reco he recovered half or 75%. The Bible says, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Verse 19, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that had taken to them. David recovered all. Who glory? David recovered all. Go get, I'm telling you, go get your, you need me to fight, y'all? I'm trying to tell you. If you need me to fight with you, I'm not going to fight for you. If you need me to fight for you, I can do that too. But if you want me to fight with you, yeah, I, it ain't nothing but a word. I will go into the enemy's camp with you. 
and I will help you get your stuff back. In intercession, in warfare, come on, somebody, I help you get your stuff. Because woo, y'all, woo, I help you get your stuff back. If y'all, if y'all, if y'all need some help, y'all need a sister friend to help you get your stuff back. Just let me know. My my weaponry stay ready. My swords stay sharp. Here. All right, y'all, let's move. Let's move forward because by eight o'clock and I'm only on number four and I got like two, three, four more to go. Recalibrate. Recalibrate means to re-examine or correct one's thinking, plan, value system with a new understanding or purpose. Y'all know what I thought about recalibrating reca the GP at the global positioning system is what I thought about when I uh, read this recalibrate. Y'all know when we're going about our way to a place we've never been before, many of us use the GPS. And if there's a, a detour happening, like they're working on the roads, water main break, anything could happen as we're traveling, then we the uh, GPS is saying take a right. Well, we got to take a left because they're redirecting us. And then the GPS is recalibrating, recalibrating, and they put you on a new path to get where you need to go. Some of us just need to recalibrate, y'all. Some of us need to recalibrate our negative way of thinking into positive thinking. Some of us need to recalibrate the friends that we have in our lives or how we navigate those friendships. Some of us need to recalibrate whatever it is in our lives. Our eating habits might need to be recalibrated. Stop drinking. I'm talking to y'all. I ain't gonna call on Stop drinking all them sodas and drink you some water. Get you some um, some some fruit to snack on instead of them potato chips. Get you some fruit instead of them cookies. Some of us need to recalibrate our way of thinking um, about healthy foods. You know, I, I was talking to my family about like uh, rice cauliflower, and they was like, "What's that?" I am gonna take some rice cauliflower to my family so they don't have to buy it, but I can, you know, introduce it to them and see if they like it. But sometimes we just need to recalibrate, y'all. I know we grew up on ham hocks, fat back, and fried chicken and barbecue and mac and cheese. Sometimes we need to recalibrate the way we think about food and our eating habits, have a healthy relationship with food and, and other things. The Lord must want us to really do that because that's like the second time I said it to my right. So sometimes we need to just re, just correct our way of thinking. Sometimes our thinking is so negative that it's hard for us to fully function as a person. It's hard for us to function in our relationships. It's hard for us to function on our job. We need to have some positive thinking, y'all. If you are not a positive person or if you need to recalibrate your thinking processes as it relates to you, I'm talking about you right now, maybe you need to get some sticky notes or some scrap paper, newspaper, paper bags, whatever you have at the house, and write down some scriptures. Write down some positive messages. You can Google, you know, messages for Black women, messages for, you know, Black men. That's what I'm thinking about right now. I actually saw a YouTube video of positive affirmations that you can listen to. So so, so do that if that, is, if that is helpful for you. But just write down some scriptures. Write down, one third, you know, Psalm 139 and 14. I am fearfully, wonderfully made, and that my soul knows right well. Stick it to your bathroom mirror or the mirror in your um, bedroom or, you know, your refrigerator or wherever you know at your desk, wherever 
you know you're going to see it every day. Stick some positive sayings, some positive words, some scriptures, and say those scriptures. Re repeat those scriptures. Proclaim those scriptures over your life. Y'all, Psalm 91 is a good scripture to proclaim over your life. So just, like I said, find you some scriptures, find you some positive affirmations so that you can change your negative way of thinking. Journaling helps. Getting a journal, a notebook, and writing down your thoughts because it, if you take a couple of days, some weeks, some, and some months to write down your thoughts, you'll really get to know yourself and to know your heart and to see if there's anything toxic within that you need to get out so that it can be recalibrated to healthiness and wholeness, okay? So recalibrate your thinking. You might need to recalibrate your plan. Maybe you have planned to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, but something has happened in life that has put that dream on hold and you might need to recalibrate. You might need to, you know, reposition yourself into a different arena so that you can get maximum, so God can get maximum impact out of you. Like maybe being a doctor isn't what God would have you to do or being a lawyer is not what God would have you to do. Y'all know my story. I wanted to be a pediatrician and the Lord said, no, you're going to be a teacher. No, Lord, I'm going to be a pediatrician. No, you're going to be a pediatrician. So I went back and forth with the Lord. The Lord went out. I am a teacher. <laughs> you know, I had to recalibrate. Even even in my teens, I had to recalibrate the plan. But sometimes we do. We, 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 we need it. You know, we should be taking inventory of our lives, taking a self-assessment and seeing what areas in my life do I need to make adjustments? What areas in my life do I need to recalibrate? Did I myself take a detour? because I was disobedient to God? Did I myself take a detour because I wanted to do my own thing and forget what God's will was? So sometimes we're on a detour just because life happens. The pandemic put us all on a detour. Let me just say that, you know, put us all on a detour. Uh, but sometimes again, the decisions that we make, we put ourselves on a detour and we need to recalibrate, recalibrate, rethink our way of doing things, rethink our um, strategies, our plan, our uh, dreams, our hopes, sometimes they need to be repositioned so that they are in alignment with God's will and his word, okay? Um, the GPS in biblical terms, <laughs> GPS is not mentioned in the Bible, God's positioning system. So, so, so you might need to ask God, if you, if you're not able to really reposition yourself, if you need some help, because the weakness is real, <laughs> the flesh working is real, and you need God to help you reposition yourself, just ask him. God, I need your repositioning system at work in my life. And if you're willing, if you're humble, if you surrender, God will reposition you back on the path that he has established for you, okay? So make the adjustments, make the corrections, and get on the path that God has established for you. Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. I mean, ooh, I didn't say that right. Yes, I did. Did I say that right? Is it Proverbs five or Proverbs three? Did I write down the right thing? Oh, y'all, I was working so fast. Let me make sure I wrote down the right scripture because I want you to have the right scripture. Oh, my Lord, yeah, yeah. All right, so I did write it down. No, I didn't. I didn't write it down correctly, but it's Proverbs 3, chapter um, 5 and verse 6. 
And it says, let me get back to my notes. Trust in the Lord. John Dwarf was born, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Y'all, one thing I have learned in my life, and you probably have learned this in your life too, when I follow God's plan for my life, it is 110,000 times infinity better than when I follow my own plan. Y'all, when I have followed my own plans in life, boy, you talking about messing something up <laughs> and needs a recalibration? Oh my Lord, yeah, yeah. When we follow God's plan for our life, God always leads us down the right path. God always leads us down a path that is for our good, that gives us some good connections, that uh, helps us to be successful in um, all areas of our lives, helps us build healthy relationships with people. When we follow God's plan, when we follow our own plan, y'all know we make a mess, and then God has to come and clean, you know, clean up the mess, and then set our foot back on His path. But trust God, y'all. I promise you, y'all have heard me say this, and I'm gonna keep saying it until the day God calls me home. God will not fail you. You can trust, man will fail you. Your your spouse will fail you. And, you know, they, they don't mean to, but they're, in the hu they're human, they're in the flesh. They may fail you. They may uh, forget to do something that you've asked them to do. You know, your children will sometimes fail you. Your your job, your money, your cars, your education will fail you. I guarantee you going to fail But God never fails. So trust him. He will never lead you astray. His path is always good. His path is always holy. His path is always working in your favor. So follow God. Even if you don't like God's plan for your life, it's what's best for you. <laughs> I promise you God's plan is what's best for God always has your best intentions in mind. I mean, when I say always, he always has your best intentions in mind. So follow God's way and follow God's plan for your life. Amen. Amen. So look, y'all. Um, I'm going to read what I wrote just so you can have that. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six is the foundational scriptures to stay in alignment with God. Trust God and not yourself. Seek God in everything you do so he can lead you down the path that is meant for your good. Um, and I'm going to let that be. Oh, ask God to recalibrate you. Oh, let me go back up. Some of us who may be 25 miles off off the path, 50 miles off the path, 100 miles off the path, five miles off the path. God has chosen for us. It's time to ask God to recalibrate you. Ask God to help you get rid of your stinking thinking. Ask God to help you get rid of that messy mindset. Ask God to help you reorganize. Help. Ask God to help you get back on the path that he has established for you so that you can stay in alignment with his will. And so that you can do what he has desired you to do or what he does desire you to do in this life, okay? Ask God for his, y'all, God's guidance will always lead you down a right and good path. All right, I got a few more reads to get to. And I'm going to try to keep them short and sweet. So the next read is reawaken. Reawaken means to emerge or rouse from sleep. 
to become or make aware of something again. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 14 through 16, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these last days. Yeah, I'm going to read what I wrote so I can have that. And hopefully it'll help us, you know, to keep it moving. Some of us are walking around like living dead. We don't know what's going on around us. We are unaware of the changes that are happening in our relationships, the changes happening in our children. We are undiscerning about the seasons and the times. But God is saying to us, wake up. Wake up, you sleeping womb. Be reawakened. Open your eyes and let the light of God's glory shine in your eyes and in your heart so that you can see what God has for you to see and so that you can clearly see what God has for you to do. Sometimes when we are hurt in our past, we kind of hide our heads in the sand on some things. There's some things we don't want to see. There's some things in our families that we don't want to address. You know, so so sometimes we get stuck in the past. Sometimes we have family members who, who are cruel. I used to be one of them, you know, who are cruel and we may not want to address them. So we just let it go or we, you know, we just say, well, it's just them. It's just how they act. Some things we need to wake up to, reawaken to, so that we can deal with it. Some, some, There are some family members, some friends, and some coworkers that God allows you to see them for who they are. God allows you to, to discern some things about them. Yes, so you can pray for them, but sometimes God actually wants you to go to them and address that concern or that issue with them so that they can get free and healed and so that they can be a better them. So reawaken yourselves to what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be. Reawaken those dead dreams, those dead visions, those prophecies that God has spoke to your spirit. Let those be reawakened in your heart and your soul. Go get your journal. Go get your notebook. Grab your cell phone that has a little note section because maybe you were at church and you typed in the prophecy or the word that God spoke to you. Go get those words. Dust them off and see what God was saying to you in 2010 or 2013 or um, 1972 or 19, you know, 84, 19, you know, 45. Go back and look at those words. See those those prophecies. You know, I actually have a couple of prophecies on cassette tape, you know, that, that someone recorded for me so that I could have it and also have some written prophecies that someone, you know, people wrote down for me because I was receiving the prophecy. And so they wrote it down so that I could have it for later. And so I actually needed to get my cassette tape because I, I used to listen to it like every so often I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, so I need to go get that cassette tape and plug it in so I can read like, um, so that I can um, be reawakened to that word that the Lord spoke to me. So y'all, those dreams that you haven't fulfilled yet, if you're still alive, you can fulfill them. If you want to go back to school, let that dream be reawakened within you and go back to school. If you want to change careers, I was listening to the news, I think it was this weekend, 
And there's a young lady, I don't even know her name, you know, um, but she was a lawyer, but she always had a passion to start her own beauty line and against, you know, going against her family because her family did not want her to quit her job. But she left her job being a lawyer and y'all, she started her own beauty line and she got some, she's a Latina, a Latina American. And y'all, her, her I, I need to find out the name of her beauty line. It is so, like her colors are so beautiful and they're reflective of her heritage, you know, the Latina culture. And so y'all, the, the colors are so bold and beautiful. And so she pursued her, she reawakened that dream that she had, you know, some time ago and she pursued it. And from what I could understand from the news support she's pretty successful in it and so yeah so reawaken those dreams y'all those prophecies those visions you know you y'all you can do it if you are alive and breathing you can do it you can go back to school you can start your business you can write your book you can write some curriculum for these children we need it you know you can do whatever it is your heart desires to do. Make sure it's in alignment with God's will, but reawaken those things within, okay? All right. I'm gonna also share this with you. Reawaken your senses to God, the things of God, and the word of God, all right? And then make the most of every opportunity that God presents to you. Make the most of that opportunity because reawaken, part of that definition is to um, make aware. So, okay, wait a minute. Hold on, let me make sure it aligns. Yes, to make aware. Hold on, y'all. Let me go back while my computer is going. It's not my computer, but to make aware of something again. Okay, so to emerge around. I had another definition for that that I may have deleted. And I'm sorry, you all, if I deleted that definition. I think I did have another one that go that's in alignment with making the most of every opportunity. If an opportunity, y'all, I got a testimony. The Lord just reminded me of this. I remember when I, I left, I was a part of the school system. Then I got, I received my degree in early uh, childhood education. So I left there. I was assistant director of an early learning center. And I ended up leaving there to go back to the school system. When I came back, I was subbing. Um, I subbed for a week and a half. And then they got, you know, uh, a teacher in place. And then I ended up going to another school and I subbed a half day in a kindergarten classroom. So the principal, when I was leaving, the principal called me into his office. He was like, did I interview you for something? I had interviewed with him over the summer for not a teaching position. It was another position at the school with the after school before school program as a manager. And he said, what's your degree in again? And I told him, he said, would you like to open a, they had five kindergarten classrooms that were busting out of the seams. He said, would you like to open a sixth kindergarten class for me? I said, well, let me think about it. Y'all, by the time I got in my car, drove home, I mean, literally on the way, God said, think about it. <laughs> what you talking about? So y'all, yes. So by the time I got home, I emailed him and I said, like, yes, I will take it. He said, I think, yeah, I did. E I either emailed or I know I emailed. I may have called too. We may have actually had a conversation. But anyway, he said, come in the next day, y'all. I went in the next day and I served as their uh, interim kindergarten teacher. I didn't have my license at that time. So I was interim until they found somebody else. And so, but I did stay within the classroom. And so y'all, that opportunity presented itself to me. And I hesitated. I don't know why. I guess because the idea of being a kindergarten teacher, I never taught in kindergarten before. Well, let me let me backtrack. I've been in a K through two EC classroom, but I've never been in a regular education kindergarten classroom as an instructor or an instructional assistant. And so I hesitated. 
but I'm thankful that I took that opportunity, y'all. I experienced some really good relationships, really good collaboration. It was kind of difficult at first, but as the year progressed, it did get a little bit better. And they had an amazing kindergarten team at the school. So seize every opportunity that the Lord presents to you. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't let, you know, the feelings of inadequacy hold you back. Seize those opportunities. Okay, I'm going, y'all. I know it's after six, but I'm going, I mean, after eight. But I'm going, I got, only got two more, y'all. I only got two more, and I'm, I'm going to hit them quick. I'm going to hit them quick. Reimagine. Reimagine means to think about or consider in a new creative way to create or imagine a new lifestyle or identity for yourself. Do y'all remember when you were a child and your imagination just soared? Like you imagine, I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to be this as my career. I, you know, we played pretend so many different things. Our imagination was so vivid and alive and colorful and bright when we were kids. But as we get older, you know, our imagination, I'm going to say our imagination dims because we're working. We're trying to make sure the family is taking care of the kids in school. The kids fed, got new clothes and shoes because they busting out at the seams. They grow, they done grow five uh, inches over the last two months, you know. And so we're taking care of other things. So our imagination begins to dim, but we need to reimagine. It's kind of like um, when I was, it was kind of like the reawakening. We need to like reimagine who we can be and what we want to do. Like some of those, going back to those dreams that were lying on the shelf, When I started off in college, I was, uh, I went to school as an elementary education major. Fear gripped me so bad. We had to take the, the pre-praxis uh, at that time. I was not a good test taker, not even a little bit on standardized testing, like I was the worst. Um, I was so scared to take that test that I dropped out of school. I did some other jobs, did some things, you know, but I still wanted my, my degree in education. And so I had to reawaken or reimagine what my life could be like as an educator, like not struggling, oh my Lord, but being an educator, teaching young minds, shaping young minds, being a nurturer, being an encourager to these children, I really had to reawaken and reimagine what my life could be. And when I did y'all, an opportunity open, I not only finished my undergraduate degree, but I got my master's degree and I'm, you know, in the educational field right now, loving what I'm, well, enjoying, I'll say I'm enjoying what I'm doing because there are moments, you know, in every job, enjoying what I'm doing, y'all, because I was, because I dare to say, look, you started off as an education major, like, let's, you, you, you went off the path, you had to recalibrate, get back on the path. And now, you know, I am a licensed educator and I really, I just thank God y'all for presenting that I, I mean it just came out of nowhere I was I mean just totally unexpected for me to get some resources to go back to school and so I thank God for that so reimagine who you can be who you want to be you know the young you know, the younger generation will say reinvent yourself you know re you know if you're not who you want to be if you're not where you want to be if you're not in the career that you want to be in you can reimagine who you want to be and what you want to do and pursue it move forward in it this is the last read and I promise I'm gonna let y'all go <laughs> The last re is renegotiate. Now, this renegotiate is not for me because I, 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 the career field that I'm in, I cannot 
negotiate. I guess I could. I'm not going to say I can't. Let me just tell you what it is. Renegotiate is, uh, I, Lord, I didn't write down the definition. Okay, so renegotiating is, I don't know. When we, when we renegotiate, we, so let me tell you what it's about, and then I can help, help myself with the definition. Some of us may, I have been hearing this in the news, so that's why it kind of caught my attention, because there's, of course, since, since 2023 came in, there's been some discussion about lack of resources. Y'all, in my state, the minimum wage is still the same as it was, I think, about 10 plus years ago. It has not changed. And so some of the experts have been saying, if you're not making the money you need to make or want to make to take care of your family and to do like all the things that you need to do, then go to your employer and renegotiate your salary. Talk to them about increasing your salary so that you can make the money or at least make close to the money that you want to make to take care of your family and to do the things you want to do. So I added that in. Some of us may need to renegotiate our salary or our contract terms with our employer lawyer. Some of us may need to even renegotiate some terms within our relationships because maybe your relationship has got off, off center. Maybe you two have grown apart. Maybe you're not talking like you should be talking and you might need to come back to the table, renegotiate. Like, look, now we need to get this marriage together so that we can move forward and not move forward in staying married and not move forward, you know, in, in divorce. So you might need to renegotiate. Like maybe, you know, maybe Three nights of the week, you, you take care of the kids. Four nights of the week, he take care of the kids because maybe both of y'all are working and in school or maybe both of y'all work two jobs and you need to kind of renegotiate the terms of how we are handling our family dynamics, how we're ha handling even our finances. You might need to renegotiate some terms with your friendships, especially if those friendships are getting toxic, they're getting unhealthy. You might need to bring that friend to the table and be like, look, we need to renegotiate these terms because this negativity has got to stop. We can't keep doing this. And if you keep doing it, then we need to go our separate ways. So maybe you need to renegotiate again your salary or the terms of your contract. So renegotiating is having a conversation about some changes that you want to see in your finances and in your life. That's the Stephanie definition. <laughs> Let me get to the proper definition and hopefully it, it, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll help us out. I don't think I've ever renegotiated a salary. Um, or the terms of my contract. I don't think I ever have. So negotiate again in order to change the original agreement terms. I like that. So the original agreement terms needs to be changed and need to be adjusted to, because like maybe you have been working on a job for y'all, if y'all been working on a job for 10 years and your salary has not changed, then you definitely, I would encourage you, I ain't going to tell you what you need to do, but I would encourage you to have a conversation with your boss or with the company, unless they have told you why your salary has increased, you might need to have a conversation or go find you another job. I'm just saying, that's just, I'm not telling you what to do. Just pray about it, think about it, and maybe make some adjustments. Praise the Lord. But yes, so sometimes you need to, to have some conversations about the original terms of agreement so that you can expand the territory that God has given you in your current life, okay? That's it. <laughs> That's it, y'all. I am going to share with you the other reads that I wrote down. And y'all can look, I did write down definitions, but I'm not going to say it. But I'm going to write down some other reads. You all can find these definitions for yourself and let the Lord speak to you. Reassemble. Y'all know where I got that from, right? Resurrect, revolutionize, reintroduce, reclaim, reflect. 
re-examine, regenerate, redo, recharge, and retire or retreat. That retire, let me tell y'all the definitions of retire, because of course we think about you leaving your job after you're 25, 50, 40, however many years, but a, a different definition for retire is to withdraw or to go away to a place of privacy. So it's like a retreat. So you can retire to the Bahamas and just like take a, if you can't take a month off, go to the Bahamas or Jamaica or San Juan, wherever you want to go and just steal away to Jesus and get you some relaxation going on, you know. Or still away for a week or two weeks or like I said, a month, two months, you know, if you can just retreat, have some self-care time. Okay. So that is all y'all. I know that was a lot, a lot, a lot, but go, you can of course, listen to the rebroadcast to take it all in again. I did share some things with you that I hadn't planned to share, but that's all good. The Lord says what he wants to say, move how he wants to move. Even when I get tongue-tied, it's all good. So I don't see any comments in the chat. So I want to say thank you for joining me tonight for our first Bible study of 2023 and the first Bible study study of season three of the Stephanie Humphrey channel and Bible study next week. We'll have another Bible study. We may go ahead and go into the New Testament next week. I didn't get a speaker for this month, but I do have one that I'm hoping she'll agree for next month that will be joining me um, during our second week Bible study. And uh, and then, like I, like I said earlier in the broadcast, but if you weren't here, I do have some speakers lined up to come talk to us about holistic, our holistic health, our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and got some finances too, um, to talk to us so that we can be healthy and whole in 2023, all right? So re- me in 2023. Praise the Lord. Look, y'all, if y'all want to know more about the ministry, go to BeFreeMinistriesNC.org. There are sermons available right on the website that you can listen as you're washing dishes, as you're, you know, relaxing, as you're doing whatever. Get the family together, listen to the word, and receive what God has to say to you through me and through the guest speakers that have joined Be Free Ministries during our events. Look, y'all, I will be back on tomorrow night. January 6th is considered old Christmas. So I will be back on be back on tomorrow night at 7 p.m. right here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel. I'm gonna give a short, short, short teaching about the epiphany. So the epiphany is the um time between Christmas and January 6th when it is thought that the wise men uh, 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 got to Jesus. Um, even though, well, I'm going to give you some history and we'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. So join me tomorrow at 7 p.m. for the 12 days of Christmas. where we're going to talk about the epiphany. Look, y'all, don't forget to like uh, this Bible study if you enjoyed it. You, as you're listening to other rebroadcasts, don't forget to like them. Subscribe to my channel and put your notifications on so you'll know when I'm going live. I go live every Thursday at 6.30 p.m., but there are occasions like tomorrow night where, I'll, where I will go live at a different time of uh of the day or a different day of the week. Y'all, I'm gonna let y'all know this. We probably will talk more about it at Sip and Say with Stephanie, but this month is um, blood um, donation month. And I don't know the facts and figures, but I do know that um, uh, people of color, specifically African-Americans, 
there is a low um, percentage of us that are giving blood. And you all know sickle cell anemia is real. We don't hear about sickle cell anemia as much as we used to, but it is still very real in about 100,000 or so um, Americans still suffer from sickle cell and need routine blood transfusions. But oftentimes, um, blood from black donors are not available because again, our donations are a lot lower than other um, groups. And so if you can, and if you're willing, you know, donate some blood. You know, if you can, if you can, and if you're willing, I'm actually thinking about it myself. And you know, there's some health concerns that I have to take into consideration. But I'm definitely going to be checking with my doctor to see if I'm able to give blood, and if so, I'm hoping to do that before the end of the month. I will keep you all posted. Okay. All right. Look, if nobody tells you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings. Thank you.